the Baseball Emperors Podcast, a show for baseball fans by a baseball fan. I'm Stephanie, your host. In this episode, I will discuss the MLB news for a 2020 season, Milwaukee Brewers and their preseason topics, Sabermetric of the Day, Whip, a player you may not know but you should, Mookie Betts, and the machine, Albert Pujols. So, news on a 2020 season this week. ESPN and others are reporting that MLB plans to submit a proposal in the next few days to the MLB Players Association for a plan for a 2020 season. The reports state that the proposal would include a best-case scenario with a season that would start in early July. But, of course, there are many points for both sides to discuss, to debate, and to reach an agreement on, so not sure of a timetable in which anything will be finalized. Okay, this week we're going to talk about the Milwaukee Brewers and some of their preseason topics. The Brewers, in my opinion, have actually done an excellent job in the past few years of elevating their organization and their success. They've made some smart strategic signings and some solid trades. Of course, the best trade and signing were both Christian Yelich, who the Brewers acquired prior to the 2018 season. He was the NL MVP that year, and they've since signed him to a contract extension through at least 2028. I actually discussed Yelich in episode titled Losing on Purpose, so check that out if you haven't listened. The delay of the beginning of the season may actually offer some benefits to the Brewers because they had several players recovering from injuries. Bobby Wall and Corey Niebel, both relief pitchers, and Eric Lauer, who's a pitcher, actually um, has an impingement in his pitching shoulder that I think he got during spring training. And then there's Luis Urias, an infielder. Um, He was rehabbing from a broken hand. There was a battle between Corbin Burns and Freddie Peralta for their final starting rotation spot. Manager Craig Council had said in spring training that one will start and one will be in the pen. So I'm assuming that's probably still the case. That might depend on the condition of Eric Lauer and his shoulder though. Besides Yelich, my favorite player to watch on the Milwaukee Brewers is Lorenzo Cain. He's their center fielder. And I first watched him in Kansas City during his time with the Royals. He was also part of their 2015 World Series title. He's always been a great defensive player. He actually won a gold glove for center field in 2019 with the Brewers. He makes these fantastic plays in center field utilizing his quickness. And he's made some really great over-the-wall catches in his career. Unfortunately, several of those have come against the Cardinals, but we won't talk about that. I'll post some of his highlights on my Instagram page at the Baseball Empress. Now, I was reading about the Brewers for this podcast. I was reminded of Ryan Braun. I personally can't stand Ryan Braun, at least as a player. I mean, obviously, I don't know him personally, but I have several issues with him. Um, Does anyone think that his bat seems longer than everyone else's? I always thought his bat looked way longer than everyone else's. So every time he comes to the plate, all I can think of is here's Ryan Braun and his non-regulation size bat. I've also never really gotten over his whole like PED thing and how he tried to blame someone else. I mean, lots of players were doing PEDs. We get that, blah, 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 whatever. 
Um, but to like take someone else down with you who had nothing to do with that, I mean, come on now. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just Google it and I'm sure you can find all kinds of information. But it's just like, ugh, come on, Ryan Braun. I mean, I guess he's an okay player as far as performance or whatever. Um, but he's just someone I really love to root against. Uh, you've heard of that campaign in the 30 for 30, I hate Christian Leitner for you college basketball fans out there. Well, mine is I hate Ryan Braun. And Brewers fans and anyone else, if you're offended by that, sorry, not sorry. Our stat sabermetric of the day this week is WHIP which stands for walks plus hits per innings pitched. So it's a sabermetric for pitchers. It's a measurement of how many runners a pitcher allows per inning. So WHIP is seen more as a quick reference stat since it equates hits and walks. A home run is the same as a walk according to WHIP. More runners on base indicates a higher number of scoring opportunities allowed so it can be used in conjunction with other stats to determine a player's uh, pitcher's effectiveness with limiting scoring opportunities. I also find that more base runners a pitcher allows, the more high pressure pitches he must throw, meaning that he's concerned with runners on base about stealing, about giving up an extra base hit that allows that runner to score, especially if the runners on base have speed. And with that, his attention is, is not completely focused on the pitch that he's throwing. It's, it's split with those runners and trying to prevent them from stealing. Um, so it seems that this would also be very important to late inning relievers, since one of the last things you want to see from your eighth inning guy or your closer is them just putting runners on base, uh, especially if you're trying to lock down the win or even if you're trying to keep the score the same so you can put together a come from behind win. Of course, while walks and home runs are typically the pitcher's fault, singles, doubles, triples also have a defense responsibility portion. Some teams have more issue with that than other teams. Um, so the lower your whip is, the better. The league average whip varies from year to year, but 1.3 is a, is a good average whip. In 2019, the leaders in WHIP were Justin Verlander with the Astros, and he was also the 2019 ALSI Young Award winner. His WHIP was .80. Garrett Cole with the Houston Astros also at .89, and the Cardinals' own Jack Flaherty at .97. A player you may not know, but you should. Mookie Betts. The 27-year-old right fielder, currently with the Dodgers, formerly with the Red Sox, though. His government name is Marcus Lim Betts, and he's from Nashville. But of course, most people know him as Mookie. Career numbers, these are all with the Red Sox. His full, first full season was in 2015, at the age of 22. 301 batting average, 374 on-base percentage, 519 slugging, 893 OPS, 41.8 war. He's a four-time All-Star, three-time Silver Slugger Award winner. He was the 2018 AL MVP, and yes, people still do not know who Mookie Betts is. Four gold gloves in right field, 2016 through 2019. 
and he was the uh, part of the World Series uh, winning team with the right so the Red Sox, excuse me, in 2018. An interesting non-baseball fact about Mookie is that he actually competed in the Professional Bowlers Association World Series of Bowling in 2015 and 2017. Seems kind of random, but apparently his mother taught him to bowl and he's pretty good at it. Another thing about Mookie, um, he's kind of in an interesting situation in baseball this year. So he was traded from the Red Sox to the Dodgers in February with one year remaining on his contract. So if there's no season this year, he'll actually become a free agent without ever playing any games for the Dodgers, which means the Dodgers traded three players to the Red Sox and essentially got nothing in return. Hmm, think about that. I mean, <laughs> that's not cool, especially if I'm a Dodgers fan. Like, I'm not happy about that at all. But, you know, MLB already agreed with the Players Association to give full playing time credit to players regardless of how much or if any baseball was played this season. You know what? Hey, sometimes it's just great to be an MLB player and have a, an effective Players Association who has your back. Wherever he's playing next, just make sure that you find him and watch one of the best players in the game right now. In case you missed it this week, MLB Network had Albert Pujols Day. Now, in case you've been under a rock for the past 19 years, let's just take a quick look at Albert's career. He currently plays for the Los Angeles Angels, but he spent the first 11 years of his career and the best years of his career as a St. Louis Cardinal. He came to spring training with the Cardinals in 2001 after being a 13th round draft pick for them in 1999. He played so well in spring in 01 that he made the Major League opening day roster and the rest folks, just history, 300 career batting average, 370 on base percentage, 549 slugging, 927 OPS, 100.8 war. 3,202 hits, which has him number 15 on the all-time list. 3,000, in case you're not aware, it's a big number, a big milestone number for baseball players. He also has 656 career home runs, which places him sixth on the all-time list. And that's only four home runs behind the great Willie Mays, who's fifth on the list. So we'll definitely see him pass Willie. He's a three-time MVP, a 10-time All-Star. He won two World Series titles with the Cardinals, six Silver Slugger awards, and many people actually forget he won two gold gloves at first base. And these are just to name a few of the many accolades and awards that Albert has. He's accomplished so much in his career that it's nearly impossible to just discuss it all. Watching some of this coverage, and he did a really good sit-down interview with Harold Reynolds during spring training. It reminded me of the feelings that I had watching Albert Pujols with the Cardinals. It's really the same type of feelings that I had watching Michael Jordan with the Bulls. I mean, you just never knew what you were going to see. And I can remember watching games and just laughing out loud when teams would put runners on 
face in front of Albert Pujols because you just knew he was going to find a way to score those runners or at least make a productive out. He was going to make that team pay. And you could see it in the, <laughs> the opposing pitcher's faces. Just like they would be so disappointed because they knew he was going to do something. He's a great contact hitter. He doesn't strike out a lot. He really is just an all-time great. And there was nothing like watching him play, especially in those first 11 seasons. It was just mind-blowing experience after another game to game. You just knew he was going to do something great. And, and that's why his nickname is The Machine, because he made it look easy. You just always knew he was going to do something. And it seemed like even when he made outs, they were productive outs. He was moving a runner over or something. And he would learn from an at-bat where he made an out. And the next at-bat, he would do something different, a different approach. And he would get a hit or do something more productive than just make an out. And it really was poetry in motion just to watch Albert. Always playing with a smile, always focused, always determination, always willing to help teammates and younger players. It really just was something special to watch him. And it, it still is, but we all know he's not the same player that he was when he was in St. Louis. When he took his first visit back to St. Louis since going to the Angels last year during the 2019 season, it was one of the most special events of the, the year for Major League Baseball and one of the most special things that I've seen and I feel very fortunate to have been able to be there in person for each at bat. Um, I was on my feet clapping with everybody else in that stadium. And I, I definitely valued that experience since I didn't live in St. Louis while he played here and didn't get to see him play in person very often. That weekend was really special, and I'm actually getting a little emotional just talking about it. But, you know, as far as sports goes and being a fan and, you know, we attach ourselves to teams and, and sometimes to players. But when you, you are watching what you know is greatness, it's just really something special. I mean, it just it gives you goosebumps or however you interpret those emotions. It, it does. I mean, I've sat in, in the stadium and at home many times with tears in my eyes or, or tears rolling down my cheeks just because it's just that pure joy that I mentioned before. It's just such a pleasure. You know it's something that you may not ever get to see again in your lifetime. Um, Albert means a lot to a lot of people. Um, as a baseball player and, of course, his, his work off the field that he does with his foundation, of course, is, is – extremely impactful um, for the Down syndrome community and it's just makes you want to root for him even more but when he came back last year and those standing ovations each and every at bat I mean it just really made me proud to be a Cardinal fan proud to be um, in St. Louis and and proud of Albert and the way that um, he handled it the way that the Cardinals organization handled it and that they allowed the fans to 
after these years show their appreciation for all that was is and will continue to be the Albert Pujols experience um, if you didn't get a chance to watch him play didn't take time to watch him play there's highlights all over the internet take some time go back and watch them it's well worth it it's not the same as watching these games that he played in and understanding his impact um, just of his at bats but it really is special to to try and understand um, Albert's impact here in St. Louis and to Major League Baseball period his contract with the Angels is actually finished after the 2021 season, and Brendan Schaefer has an article this week referencing that Poole said you know, he may not be finished playing baseball after 2021, especially thinking about how close he is to some of these career milestones. And in his article, Brendan envisioned Albert coming back to St. Louis after his contract is over with the Angels. Now, this really seems like pure fantasy for many reasons, um, but since we don't have games right now, it's fun. It's a fun thought for Cardinals fans. It's kind of fun to think about him coming and if Molina was still playing as well to have them reunited at least for one last season and, and Pujols to end his, his career as a Cardinal because, you know, as a Cardinal fan, we all know he should go into the Hall of Fame as a Cardinal. But, yeah, just to imagine one more year of Albert and Yachty together in St. Louis. Um, don't really think that's going to happen, but hey, you never know. It's fun to think about. It's fun to think about him hitting some of those career milestones here in St. Louis as a Cardinal once again, just so we can give him some more standing ovations, you know, special moments and all that. Now, Albert may not be the GOAT, but he's damn close and definitely the best that I've ever seen and probably the best that I will ever see in my lifetime. So check out the videos of Albert Pujols Day on MLB Network and on YouTube. What a player. You can follow the show on Instagram at TheBaseballEmpress and at TheBaseballEmpress.com. Thanks for listening, and remember, this ain't your grandma's baseball podcast, and it sure as hell ain't your grandpa.